All right, so welcome Clemson Crew to the Clemson Crew podcast, and we have just started a series on being a self-feeder, and so I'm very excited today, this afternoon, to have my good friend Patrick Martin with us. And uh, I've known Patrick through Crew for a number of years, and Patrick just wanted to give you a chance to share who you are and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah, like Weston said, my name's Patrick Martin. I live uh, just down the road uh, from Clemson in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, there, I'm with a lot of people who are a lot smarter, better looking than me. So that's my wife, Amber. Uh, that's my four children. Uh, we're some of those people. Uh, so Samuel's seven, Silas just turned six, Charlie is potty training, and two. And then Remy is uh, six months and living his best life now. So, so yeah, I help lead a crew team here in Spartanburg. We work on all of the colleges in the upstate except for Clemson. Uh, but my wife grabs, graduated from Clemson, so, so I, I bleed a little bit of orange myself nowadays. Yes, yes. So Patrick is, is also a Tiger, but a Missouri Tiger. That's right. Um, but you have kind of been surrounded, I guess. You've got a lot of Clemson connection and, and connection to our team, even as uh, you're married to a Bushlon and mm -hmm. uh, uh, you work side by side with Mark Bushlon, um, who is Barry Bushlon's oldest son. And so Barry was the, the team leader here with Clemson crew for 30 some odd years. And so uh, lots of neat connections with, with you guys. So yeah, thanks for coming on with us today. For sure. For sure. Thanks. There's my wife okay. in the background. You see yeah. Right yeah. There. Hey, Amber. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. And you know, the good thing is, is that the university of Missouri joined the sec and is so bad that the chances of Clemson and Mizzou playing each other ever are close to zero. And so that's made this work out a little bit better as well. So Yeah. You're welcome for Kelly Bryant though. Well, um, I don't know if I really <laughs> that grateful. So anyways, I like yes. him, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So in this series, as we're talking about being a self feeder, uh, again, a lot of our heart behind us with our staff team is that we want to come alongside our students and care for them and equip them to, to not just survive, but even to thrive in this time during the coronavirus and being away from campus. And I know that students are in a lot of different situations back home. Um, some are, are pretty good situations and some are pretty terrible. And so we, we just want to come alongside our students and uh, care for them and equip them to, to really thrive in this time. And so our topic today is Sabbath rest. And I'm excited to talk through this with you, Patrick, because I've learned a lot from you about this topic. And uh, it's a topic that is very foreign to our culture and to our students. And we have a lot of misconceptions. And so even to get us started, um, depending on a person's background, depending on their upbringing, they might have a variety of things that come to mind when we talk about Sabbath rest. Yeah. And so I would love for you to just talk a little bit about the biblical concept of Sabbath rest. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I will say uh, I am uh, somebody who has realized just how desperately I need the Sabbath, how much my family needs the Sabbath. I'm not an expert, but I'm somebody that have, has really um, uh, experienced. Uh, honestly, I, I don't exaggerate when I say a little bit of sort of rescue uh, from God 
um, by understanding this gift that he's given to his people. Growing up, I uh, really thought of Sabbath as sort of this archaic old thing, basically meant like stuff was closed on Sundays and you know, at the very sort of best, you just sort of had to act real serious for 24 hours and not have too much fun, which is just really sad. And I think that's really probably what, what conception the culture has about Sabbath um, instead of really this great provision for, for delight and restoration that it is. So, uh, yeah, really, if you look at the whole Bible, you see Sabbath everywhere. Um, mm. And it's crazy that we have sort of these sunglasses, I think, on when it comes to Sabbath, we miss it. Uh, but at the very beginning, we, we read about God creating, uh, and, and we read about these seven days. And even the seventh day, you notice that, that it says that after God had created all of this, that was so good uh, that he rested. Hmm. Now, we know that God didn't need to rest. It wasn't like he was just worn out. He had you know, really just put himself out there, used all of his divine power, and so needed to kick back and drink a Gatorade or something. He, 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 he did that for a reason. And really that rest, I think what we see at the very beginning in Genesis is this picture of what he actually made all of us for, where, where the creation has been completed and he invites us to experience intimacy with him. So the really interesting thing about that is, especially for our culture, is that um, life is not ultimately about what we produce. And mm. I know for a college student, especially at a selective top 20, I think that's what Clemson is nowadays, um, type of public university, that in itself is countercultural to say that life isn't about what you produce, what you bring mm. to the table, what you yeah. offer and put on your resume. Life is ultimately, the purpose of it is about relationship. So the universe is at, at its core relational and God has woven it into the fabric of the universe. Mm. The next time you really see a treatment of Sabbath is the Exodus when God's people are released from slavery from Egypt and, um, and God sort of walks through, through the person of Moses, um, the, uh, the sort of rules is sort of a, a real terrible word to describe it, but really what are the norms and, and what does it mean to, to live in good relationship with God and others? So I'm just going to read uh, the, the section from the Ten Commandments where the Sabbath shows up. <clears throat> this is Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner or foreigner who's in your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. So the Hebrew word for Sabbath uh, can be translated sabbat, and that just simply means to stop or to cease. So when it says, remember the Sabbath day, it's remember the stop day. Remember mm -hmm. the day you stop. Um, when it says to keep it holy, that means to set it apart, to treat it differently than every other day. Uh, and then he goes on and he says, hey, listen, this isn't just a gift for you. Um, this is actually a gift for everyone around you. And so don't, don't force other people. Don't even force your donkey, uh, the Bible will say later on. Um, so any of you with donkeys out there, don't be making your, your donkeys work on the Sabbath. Um, and, and so it's really this, this uh, invitation 
to rebel against um, the slavery that the people of Egypt were in. So if you think about what does slavery mean, what were the people of Israel experiencing during their slavery in Egypt? Well, it was a life of no Sabbath, right? Mm -hmm. Work, work, work for Pharaoh. Um, And in some ways, we see a lot of really interesting parallels between uh, the experience of the people of Israel in the Exodus and ourselves nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. The whole life of hustle and perform and put yourself out there and don't stop, won't stop. Um, really, it sounds a lot like Pharaoh um, sort of asking us to constantly be producing, constantly be on, um, because if we don't, then maybe we don't matter anymore. But the subversive message of the gospel is that we're accepted because of what God has already done. Therefore, we're actually freed to rest yeah. in a real cool countercultural way. And so I'll just finish up with this. You continue to see this, this thread all the way through the scriptures. Um, and, and I want to read this last little part from Hebrews. Um, and, and it's really a picture of what Sabbath has always been pointing to. Um, so this is, this is Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, while the promise of entering his, God's rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should have failed to reach it. Um, And then later on in verse uh, eight, for if Joshua had given them rest, speaking again of the Old Testament, God would have not spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. And so, you know, the, the weekly practice of Sabbath that's existed for millennia, really at its core is a signpost pointing to this greater day of rest. When God restores all things, where he renews the whole creation, where we're right with God, we're right with each other, and we could finally just lay it down and be who we completely are, unashamed, um, before the Father. So, so yeah, Sabbath is incredible. It, it's, it's throughout the whole thing. And once you sort of look for it, you'll see it everywhere. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, again, I, I agree with you that the context in which I grew up was similar, just kind of this archaic idea. And um, even going back to my great grandparents, this idea that you don't use scissors <laughs> on the Sabbath, you know, you don't, yep. uh, you don't play football. You don't, you don't, there's all this, there's just a list. And that's really what it meant to me. was just, there's a list of things. You don't cut grass. You don't do all these things yeah. on Sunday. Um, and so it's really helpful, I think. Uh, for me to be reminded, but also first to see, hey, this is something that is a theme throughout the whole Bible. Yeah. And even what you just shared in Hebrews, that it's it's a deeper reality than just talking about honoring one day out of the week, yeah. um, but entering into God's rest. And so that kind of leads me into a second question. And that is, as you think about some of our own heart issues and you think about maybe Gen Z, you think about our culture culture that a college student is experiencing on campus. What do you think are some of our obstacles? Like what is it that makes it so difficult for us to rest? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say I, I would break it in uh, down into sort of two areas. I think one are sort of some, some core heart issues and then two, there's more physiological reasons and, and sort of the environment that we're in that, that they sort of play off of each other. Um, Studies show that even electronic media itself um, 
as we access it, as you get a notification on your phone, as you see sort of these flashing images on your phone, as you scroll, you actually activate your dopamine receptors inside of your brain. And so no joke, it really is like you're taking a hit uh, of, of a drug whenever you access a lot of electronic media, especially via your devices. And, and so there's that. We develop these ruts. So once we get into the habit, it's really hard to get out of the habit. Yeah. But, but for some of the heart level issues, um, I think there's a couple different ones. And as I share, I would invite folks that are watching, listening to, to be brave and to ask the, the spirit uh, of God to actually reveal what might it be for you that's keeping you from, from entering into Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually a lot of our sort of um, uh, questions and, oh, but what about this type of responses to Sabbath are usually covering up. Uh, some deeper, deeper stuff that's going on up there. So I think the first one is just fear. I think sometimes busyness uh, allows us to hide from the things that we're terrified of. Uh, that might be terrified of facing um, unconfessed sin in our life, things that bring us great shame. Uh, it's why we scroll all the way through until we fall asleep at night, because we just don't want to think about what's going to come to mind once we put the phone down and our heads on the, t- the pillow. Uh, I think it might be fear of just what's going around us right now, even with this pandemic. Um, it's easier just to keep going and to distract yourself than to turn everything off and to ask yourself whether you really do trust God in the midst of a global worldwide pandemic. And it's okay to admit that you don't, um, but, but oftentimes uh, that, that busyness uh, protects us. Um, or it might just be fear of, of facing pain in your life that you don't want to acknowledge. I think another obstacle is just addiction to accomplishment and production. Mm. Uh, again, for me, I think this is, this is the biggest reason why I struggle with Sabbath uh, so often. I mean, this is just how just jacked up my, my brain is, is I base whether I'm doing enough, whether I've sort of earned my seat at the table, whether I'm a worthwhile human being, if I sort of have an edge on those around me on productivity. Does that make sense? So like if I am getting done just a little bit more than the next person, then I feel okay. But you can imagine the toxic culture that creates in any community where we're all just sort of trying to get ahead of each other just a little bit. And so what that meant is that there really wasn't a day that was off limits. Um, There really wasn't a moment, sacred time in my life where I could just be with my wife, with my kids, with the Lord. Uh, If an email showed up, I felt this compulsion and still fight it to this day, I need to reply to it quick. So um, I think another one is just an idol of approval. I think some of us are flat out addicted uh, in, in really what is sort of electronic Disneyland that is America, um, that, that we are, are uh, so addicted to entertainment. We, we've really lost the ability to think deeply, to read long books, uh, to think deep thoughts, to journal, to do hard things. And so instead, our brains have sort of navigated uh, to, uh, hey, feed me, uh, keep me entertained. And so I think entertainment itself can be a bit of an idol in our lives. So I think those are some of the obstacles. Yeah, that's great. I think in line with that, Patrick, I know for me, something that I've struggled with in the past um, and even from time to time now is the trying to figure out the difference between rest yep. and escape yep. rest and numbing. You, you mentioned kind of that 
the idea of distracting ourselves. And so when, and sometimes I guess because we, we are so addicted to approval and productivity and those things that when we're worn out, we just, we don't want to engage at all. Yep. Um, we just want the media to wash over us. And, um, and I know a lot of times, like when, when I give into that, I never feel rested on the back end. And so I could do that for hours and could be physically idle, could, you know, and, and I don't feel rested at all. And so talk us through that a little bit, the difference between rest and escape or rest and just kind of numbing distraction. Yeah. 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 Said, said nobody ever. I just binged watched a whole season of a new Netflix show and man, I feel like my soul has been restored and refreshed. (laughs) No one ever says that. I have never said that. And yet I've fallen for the lie so many times. Oh, I just need to, I I deserve this. I just need to to scroll a little bit, um, take the edge off. And yet then, two hours later, I find myself in a, in a sort of a puddle uh, of, of feeling like a loser, <laughs> to be totally yeah, honest yeah. with you. Yeah, so, so here's the thing. Um, vegging out is sort of like a pseudo uh, counterfeit Sabbath. Does that okay. make sense? Um, and, and I think the biggest reason is, is that it's, it's really Sabbath on my own terms. And so I've sort of lived my life and sort of this agenda that I've set for myself. I've not invited God into it. I've not asked, Hey, what are the rhythms you want for my life? I just do things on my own accord until I just run out of juice because I'm not relying on God for his strength. I'm not depending on him um, for really anything. Um, and, And so then when I run out of my own juice, again, it's up to me to decide how to restore myself. And the trouble yeah. is, is I don't know what I run on best. I just mm-hmm. don't know. I think this is going to fill me up. It doesn't. Um, and so here's the really crazy, and this is just so true. I mean, Jesus said to, to, live, is to, to live is to die and to die is to gain and up is down. And, and that's just how he is. But listen again <laughs> from Hebrews. Um, and it's just this total kingdom, upside down gospel logic. Um, where he says, uh, yeah, verse 11. So Hebrews 4, verse 11. Therefore, let us strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So there's this really weird, again, subversive kind of thing with Sabbath rest where we're actually fighting for it. Mm. And, And we're sort of saying, Lord, you created the universe. You know how I function, how I run. And so rather than just sort of kicking back and doing whatever suits me at the moment, let me instead enter into the rhythm that you designed. Let me trust you rather than trust my own inclinations. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, one of the, one of the people that have taught me a lot about Sabbath, I'd say two people in particular, one is a pastor out of California named John Ortberg wrote a book called soul keeping uh, that, that talks a lot about this. And then another guy's a pastor out of Portland. So two West coast guys, his name's John Mark Comer spends a lot of time talking about, about Sabbath. And uh, he identifies four pieces to Sabbath. And I think this is what really sets apart real Sabbath rest apart from sort of vegging out or just um, escape. So Sabbath is always going to include uh, stopping. So remember that word Shabbat stopping. Uh, it's going to include uh, resting, 
So not just stopping and ceasing what you're doing, but actually then resting. So it might mean a nap. Um, it might mean taking a leisurely walk outside through the grass. Uh, it means worshiping. And so again, this is going to set this off differently from vegging out. Um, we're going to be worshiping uh, the God who made Sabbath and not just uh, worshiping our own comfort. Uh, and then here's the last one. And this is what we've missed for the probably the past hundred years is delighting. So Sabbath always means stopping, resting, worshiping, and delighting. And I think those things are really what, what make it a better and truer rest than simple vegging out. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I think it leads right into the last question, which is a little bit more practical. Yeah. And so I'd love for you to even just call on some of your own personal experience with Sabbath rest and, and practical things that, that you do, that your family does. But as you think about students, what are maybe some practical tips that you would give to a student on how they can begin to, to enjoy and prioritize Sabbath rest? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to make it fit uh, for you. And I don't say this to sort of say, oh, it's sort of like a DIY spirituality kind of thing. There are real principles that we see in the scriptures and that we learn from those who have walked before us. But there is another sense that, that you have to fit it to the season of life that you're in. The great thing is that the college uh, student experience is such a great time because you have so much agency and control over your schedule that you didn't have before whenever you're in high school. Someone else was setting your schedule so much more, um, mm -hmm. but you don't have as many responsibilities quite yet. It doesn't mean you don't have any responsibility. I know you've got real stuff going on in your life, um, but, but you don't have commitments that, that are sort of already calling for your time and attention that are hard to untangle yourself from. So this is an incredible opportunity. I mean, honestly, the coronavirus itself, this whole season where the Lord has sort of imposed this stop on us mm. is really a great opportunity um, for you to figure this out for yourself. So I would say this, um, a 24 hour period of stopping. Okay. Uh, I would strongly encourage it. If you're able to, I would encourage you to start sundown of a Saturday night and then to finish it up, wrap it up 24 hours later on sundown of Sunday night. Um, now, that might sound really intense for you. So, if you need to start with a half day, you need to start with a couple hours, that's great. Um, but, but, but let that be a taste that pushes you forward on. Um, there are even studies that show that those who, uh, the Seventh-day Adventists, so there's a whole Christian denomination that's built around taking the Sabbath really seriously. Um, I'm a Presbyterian, I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist, but man, I think they figured this out. Evidently, studies show that they live on average seven years longer than all the rest of us do. Really? I wonder why that is. Maybe yeah. because they take a day off every single week. Wow. Um, I've also heard Sabbath described as having Christmas once a week without all the family drama associated with it. Um, but yeah, so 24 hours. Um, and then I would encourage you to do this. Unplug your technology. Do a digital fast for 24 mm -hmm. hours. Um, you will experience, the first couple of weeks you do this, you will actually experience uh, feelings of withdrawal. You will mm -hmm. feel ghost vibrations in your pocket. You think you're getting a text, <laughs> but it's off. It's somewhere else that's not even there. Um, so I would encourage you to do that. In mm. fact, with your technology, if you want to sort of get to a, uh, a little bit of a fun challenge, try it this way. Take an hour off your phone a day, 
take a day off your phone a week, take a week off your phone a year. Could you imagine going to the beach wow. and not having your phone with you? Wow. Imagine how much fun you might have, how much more present you might be to the people around you, how, how much more you'd actually notice all that God's done. But how would people know that you're at the beach if you don't have pictures to prove it, Patrick? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and then you might get to repent of your desperate need to be seen by other people as well. So that, that's, that's great. It's a two for one deal. Yeah. Um, but, but then I, I would encourage you to do a couple things. Um, one, uh, eat great food on the Sabbath. Mm. Eat great food on the Sabbath. Do enjoy some stuff. Uh, have great coffee on the Sabbath. Make a great big breakfast that morning. Do it with your family. That's what we, we try to do every single time. Uh, get outside and take a walk on the Sabbath. Um, do things that, that sort of rejuvenate your body. Um, it's sort of the, the, the best practice is do things that stretch your body, but don't make you break a sweat. That, that's sort of the idea. Uh, nice. Now, in the summer in South Carolina, that's almost impossible. So True. Uh, take naps on the Sabbath. Um, do things that fill you up on the Sabbath. So if you, if you like to paint, paint, if you like to journal, journal, if you like to write poems, write poems, all the things that you daydream about doing whenever you're in class or at work, those are the kinds of things you want to reserve for the Sabbath. Mm. And honestly, what we've started doing in our family is, is we reserve even like sweets, desserts for the Sabbath. We don't do it the rest of the week. And it, it's sort of like that whole Incredibles thing, you know, like when everybody's special is nobody's special, you know, that, that kind of thing. Well, it's sort mm. of like that is if you reserve the best things that, that you sort of treat yourself with uh, for the Sabbath, uh, how much more does it, does it actually help you see how good God is on that day? Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. And then last thing too, um, think through how are you going to spend some time with Jesus? on the Sabbath. Um, so for a lot of us, if you do it on a Sunday, that means that your church service is a part of your Sabbath. So it's that worship piece to it as well. So read mm. good books on the Sabbath too. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for being with us and taking time out to share with us. And um, I believe I've been blessed just even hearing from you. I've already got the wheels turning, thinking about uh, ways that our family can grow in this and, um, and yeah, I appreciate your words for our students as well. So thanks for, for being with us. I'm looking forward to the rest of this series. We talk about uh, being a self-feeder and we've got some great guests coming up. And so, uh, yeah, stay tuned.